is this guy and that guy, and today we're with who? My name's Arjun Rostogi. Doc, appreciate you having me on this podcast. I'm super excited to get started. Definitely, man. Uh, you know what? It's, it's hard to find a, a true D.C. native, someone in the DMV that reps all the sports in the DMV, but uh, I'm excited, man. Thanks for, thanks for being on the of podcast. Course. So, um, you know, in this, in this podcast, it's everything D.C., so we're going to be talking about basketball, football, and then we're going to be throwing in all kinds of different sports. We're going to be doing G League, the new Frisbee League that's going to be there. <laughs> we're going to be talking about everything D.C. So let's get right into it. We're going to be excited. talking about the basketball season. How are you enjoying it? We're at game. We're in December, so around game 26, 27, game 26. Yeah, so tell me about it. How are you feeling about this? So I am loving the way that this Wizards basketball team is playing this season. I've been a fan. I'm currently 23 years old, uh, turning 24 in February. I've been a fan my entire life. Probably started watching basketball around 2007 when Gilbert and, and our big three with Antoine and Karan were there, Brendan Haywood, uh, and we would just have these crazy series with the Cavs. And you know, since then, I've not seen true excitement from the foundational level. John Wall and Bradley Beal have been cornerstones of our franchise, and and with Wall out and Beal really manning the the shooting guard position and just being our alpha dog, like I'm I'm super excited. We might not get as many wins this season, but you know I'm loving the the toughness that we're playing with. So uh, w let's talk about the very beginning. Let's talk about this summer, moving forward, all these things. Let's start even draft. Were you happy about the draft? So in the immediate, I actually attended the NBA draft this past season. And I, when, when we got that ninth pick, one, I was just shocked that we are the unluckiest team in the National Basketball Association. To go from what we're projected at six to get the worst possible pick we could have possibly gotten, there's a 96.7% chance for us to get a top five or top six pick. However, with the point, two, like the 2.3% chance that we had of getting the ninth pick, we got him. And and you know, there's no news about Rui before. I was super gung-ho on Reddish. I was like, small future. And I was, I, I was distraught. Tom Shepard selected Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. Watched a lot of his highlights. I saw a lot of holes in his game, and I was not happy. But I can't tell you, I eat those words today. I am so happy with the way Rui's been playing. I do believe he's a, a building block on our franchise. And... He's just going to get even better as the years come. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. Um, I remember that night, I was like, who, why are we doing this? Number two, um, I'm not sure if you saw, do you remember when uh, when they actually spoke to the management at Monumental um, and they talked to Rui, they're like, so what What stood out at your practices? Do you, <laughs> they said, uh, he's like, well, actually, they didn't, they didn't have me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, this is bad. This is going to be terrible. And then I thought they were just doing it for sponsorship, international. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know how he's doing. He's played exceptional since Summer League. He's, he's been doing good. To he's come in and to – it's similar to the Lamar Jackson story with, with, uh, with the Ravens is that they didn't bring him in for any workouts. They didn't want anyone to know that they were going to take him. And likewise, Tommy Shepard and the Wizards' new, brand-new front office structure – we're like, nope, we're going with Rui. We don't want anyone to know that we're taking him. We're not going to bring him for a workout, and this is our guy. And they knew it, and I applaud Tommy Shepard and the new front office to 
to have done that. Yeah, yeah, really surprising. Um, and then let's let's move forward then. So of course Isaiah Thomas coming back. I really think it's good for his redemption story arc. I actually thought that buying that low, you could uh, still have upside with him, and it gives a lot of. It just gives different looks, and now we don't actually have to worry. Okay, whose team is it? What's going on? Is it Brad's? Uh, you know what's going on with this and. We're moving forward. We have these first couple of games. Tell me, what, it, what does it look like to you? So for the, I think some of the biggest things that happened in the offseason, I think there are two that stand out to me by far. One, Beal signed his extension, right? Beal signing his extension gave Tommy and the rest of the Wizards and the league notice that Bradley is committed to this organization. To have that, to not have drama in this season, oh, the Wizards are playing so poorly, no wins, just all losses consecutively, and no defense, at least Beal's here, right? And Ted Leonsis said it best, why can't this rebuild be quick? Why, why can't Wall come back next year and, and have a bunch of young talent that he's never had around him where he's the clear veteran, him and Beal lead it? And then the second thing is that Bertans deal. That Bertans deal was incredible. To take an organization like San Antonio, who has been the perennial apex of what an NBA organization should look like over the last 20 years, and to get Bertans in that deal for practically nothing. I think we gave up uh, Aaron White, who never, who was a second-round pick back in 2014 and never played for us. And that's that was beautiful. So to know that we have two building blocks that we acquired and, and re-signed so in Bertans and Hachimura, and then to have Beal stay and to know that Wall's coming back. Wall's already dunking. You've seen those reverse dunks? Yeah. Those are, yeah. like, he. it's December. He's not scheduled to come back till April. Now, if we're in the playoff hunt, I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to see if, if Wall doesn't come back and try to make a run this season. Yeah, I mean, everything that you just said, um, really surprising. They're, I'm not sure. Do you read anything with The Athletic? Do you read any of those guys? So personally, yeah. I don't pay for the subscription, so I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they haven't allowed me to do that. But I bet The Athletic has great content about the Wizards. I love reading every single article about the Wizards, so. Yeah. So Fortunately, haven't read that Breton's article. So basically, I don't know if this is a problem or like maybe it's like counterculture. Basically, I do everything with SB Nation, The Ringer, and The Athletic. Like I almost avoid. Yes, I used to write for ESPN, but for the most part, after they gutted their staff and everyone went everywhere else, pretty much those are my three places. Bullets Forever. I mean, Shout out Bullets <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I mean. SB Nation. They, I, I love them because, number one, all their articles, everything's great, and it's just – insanity when they actually do good and i just go on all, it, it, it feels it feels like home when i'm there but the, the athletic just came out with the entire breakdown of what was going on with barton and everything that went to get him into dc and how he's loving dc and being here and, and then it talked about his career overseas before he came over and actually the things that he does now he's like that's actually the exact thing that they used to do and then when he was with san antonio they went away from it Completely. And I, I and Pop, listen, no, no one can take anything away from him. His developmental, even through the G League, everything, they've done great things. But I think sometimes 
because they have such a system, they do not allow the variance at all with their players. Even if they've done something in the past, they're not going to do it here. And I think DC was the right circumstance where, let's be honest, we've had a couple bad years where it, we'll try anything. And with Scotty being there and letting him do that in practice and then doing that in games, game changer, game changer. And that's why we can do it. Big shout out to Scott Brooks this season. I think to be a top five offense in the NBA with a no-name squad pretty much is impressive. And I give a lot of credit to Scotty adjusting a lot more than he has ever in his career. And before he had KD and Russell Westbrook and James Harden, couldn't get it done, took us to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7. Uh, and and we didn't see adjustments from Scotty. He wanted to play veterans, and now our team is littered with young talent. So why not get guys like Bertans, who's a complete sniper on the outside, the Latvian laser of all names. Uh, and I love it. Unfortunately, he's injured right now. That that uh, thigh bruise or quad contusion that he's got is going to hold him out tonight against the Knicks. But what do you what do you think we should do? You think we should keep him or trade him? So this is the thing. Um, I don't think unless a contender needs him and it's a, a perfect plug and play for them, we're not going to get what the value could be for him to stay here. If there's someone there, there's no other stack team that has the assets, the money, the picks that we could get for him that would make sense for D.C., DC has done some crazy stuff. I actually think, first of all, when Porter, Otto Porter, got his deal, I was like, I actually didn't think that was a good thing. I was like, you should have kept Kelly and kept him as a core. He was young, he was lengthy, and he was defensive-minded. So with that, you have Barton in DC, keep him here. Do not let him leave. Um, everyone else on that squad, Bryant, listen, he came out last year, balling. He was doing real good, again, injured. It's just this time of the season. Keep him. I don't care if he's injured right now. He'll be fine. And then, um, again, the other kids, again, Scotty has no choice but to do this. Um, Troy Brown and all those things, listen, let him try. Let him do all those things. Troy spent time in G League last year. He do, he's doing okay with increased minutes. He's not doing horrible. But you've got a lot of good building blocks. Let's just be competitive and make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Like, we, we can. The, the bottom of the East – it's open. It's free season. Let us just get in and see what happens. Um, now, going forward, okay, so we're in December. We got trade deadline. Like you mentioned, we could do something with that. What I want to see next is if we can string together good performances and not just be up and down all the time. Bradley Beal is just balling out, doing great things. But with youth, you don't have consistency. But I would just like to say, even when we had veterans, we never had consistency. So why not just go full out and see what happens, right? Um, now, moving on into this next thing, um, where do you think they're going to end up in the East? Just, just, I know it's December and everything, but where, where do you really see it? So if we come back healthy relatively sooner rather than later, I, I know that this team is not the worst team in the NBA. Like – I know we've lost to the Cavs. I know we've had some embarrassing losses as a young team. We're going to go through that. But there is no way that this team is the worst team than NBA. And to know that they have a top five offense littered with shooters that, if healthy, 
that this team can put up 140 any given night. And to know that is something that, as a Wizards fan, I have never experienced. And to be here today talking about a team that's what, like, what what's their standing? Like eight so they're, and yeah, they're eight and twenty. Eight and twenty, right? Twenty eight games into the season, eight and twenty, and to know that we're happy about their progress. Like, we're not upset when you know we started two and eight that twenty sixteen season, rattled off however many victories to win forty nine. We're not expecting anything close to that. I think the best part of the season is that there are no expectations. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what makes them so dangerous going into it. I mean, if you look at this, the eighth seed is 12. Okay, so we're four out right now. If you're looking at that, you're looking over Orlando. Okay, they're they're middle in the pack. I could see them getting in. Um, Hornets are up and down. They can do whatever any night. Uh, Graham, killer. Killer. I could not believe Devontae that Devontae came happened. out of nowhere. Um, Second-year player. They were paying Terry Rozier. I was like, ah, whatever. I don't even do anything with Graham. Just just lighten it up. He had five threes against the Celtics last night. Insane. Insane. J- first quarter. Um, Pistons, I don't really expect anything. Reggie. Port- Pistons might blow it up. They should. They're, they're talking about whether DeAndre, DeAndre Drummond is someone to pair next to, next to KP in Dallas. Right, and and really what I'm looking for from the Pistons is get a point guard. Trade for D'Angelo, mm-hmm. right, and and make something happen because right now, I mean, you got Blake and you can reshape the entire roster around them too, but Blake ain't happy, let's be honest. He, I mean, he, he's in, he could be a contributor of a playoff team or a really good team. I just don't think with his contract and where he can fit in, it's going to be tough. And the way that, yes, he's making threes more than when he was younger – it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really, really tough with that. Blow it up. I'm totally fine with that. Chicago Bulls, they hate each other. Um, they don't like their coach. Um, they're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. So, once again, you really, for that last, I could see them fighting for eight really competitively with Orlando and the Hornets pretty much. Uh, anyone but that sliding scale, anyone, the Hawks ain't going to do jack. So, that's out of the I picture. think outside of – Outside of Milwaukee, I don't think the Wizards would get swept in any playoff series in the East. Yeah, yeah, they could be. That's a hot take. <laughs> that is. It's a hot take. But I'm out know. here and what? I'm saying it. Are you on Wizards Twitter? Are, I am on Twitter. People are gonna find you. That's cool. Find, find me, AK Rostogi ninety six. Come follow. Um, it's you know what the, the, the you know what I find every year. You know it's and this kind of arcs into going into football. The thing is with any DC sports team. They're not bad. They're not bad, but they are so inconsistent. They play up to their competition, right? So, or down. Or, or down. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but you know what? See, when they play down to their competition, they get jacked up every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like, watch the Knicks games that will happen tonight. Anything could happen. Any, they Trap could be games. Going <laughs> Trap. They could be. Um, Morris will just, just light them up. And they're going to be out of it by halftime. I would not be surprised because it's it's the Knicks and it's below. The one thing that I cannot speak enough about this team is their res- resiliency. Down 18 against Toronto, come back, tie it up. Down 23 against Philly the other night, come back. They don't tie it up, but they give them a little scare and then run for their money. And this team, they don't have anything to play for but pride. Yeah. And yeah. tanking is no longer something that's like really um, – 
the, this like amazing way to get better anymore because of the new lottery system. We saw it with the Wizards. We saw it with the Knicks last season. Like, Knicks were should have gotten the number one pick. They didn't. Right? Yeah. And and so now it's like you want to win. You want to see development. You want to see progress. And that's what I'm looking for from this team. And I know we won't get it on the defensive end, but sure we sure are getting it on the offensive end. Yeah, likewise, I, I think it's this young team where you had veterans when they were losing, they just went into slump. They're like, we're not going to make it. These kids are so young, they don't have that mentality yet, and they're just so excited to be playing with the squad. And it's in this locker room, it's not a depressing locker room. Everyone's really cheering for each other. They're doing really well. And later on when we talk about it, I really think it has to do with their feeding system and even the G League coming up with them. Oh, and by the way, also I would like to say, I think this has not been noticed enough. Monumental Sports this year changed their basketball operations that now everyone shares the resources from WNBA, G League, and the main club, and 2K club too. Everyone's on the same page. And I think that allows you to level the playing field, allow everyone to grow at a much better rate. It's beautiful. I One of my best friends is a huge Knicks fan, and he's a Jets fan as well. So me being a Redskins and Wizards fan, we're, we've been in the same boat our entire lives. And I told him, I was like, the Knicks should readjust their front office to look more like what the Wizards have done with creating a whole new organization in monumental basketball to hiring Jam- uh, Antoine Jameson as a director of pro personnel, to have all these basketball minds to surround the organization, John Thompson III, Sashi Brown of the Cleveland Browns, I think, um, and just these smart hires that put multiple people in a room when big decisions need to be made. And I think that was the issue we had with Ernie Grunfeld. Ernie Grunfeld, Bruce Allen, Steve Mills, all in the same kind of vein. Right, they had the power. They have the power, and they made the ultimate decision. Whether it was it had anything to do with if they got one person's opinion, they'd probably be like, "We probably shouldn't trade Kelly Oubre away for an expiring Trevor Ariza." Right, and to know that this year, who are we lacking? Small forward. Yeah. We don't have wings, and if we had Kelly this year, we'd we'd be a completely different team. However. Pro, like hindsight's twenty twenty, progress is here. We are making it. I like Tommy. I like what he's been doing. I like the the way the structuring of this organization. I think it gives a lot of room for a lot of perspectives that we wouldn't have otherwise had. And now we do. And now Bradley Beal sees what Ted wants to do with this organization, and he's like, "I'm ready." And John's going to come back. Bertans is going to be. And and look, something I wanted to bring up was. Jan Mahimi's contract is finally going to be off the books this season. 16 mil a year, 64 million, signed in that like very rich 2016 offseason. And to know that Bertans is very worth the 15 mil that we could replace that salary with. And to have Wall come back and have a sniper like Bertans always ready, I'm I'm excited for this future. Yeah. I mean, and this is, I usually never use, like, hope or happiness with D.C. sports. This is a different vein. I, I really think so. And you know what? I'd rather have a hungry John Wall than when he got paid. 
you know, there are tons of stories. There's, I won't go into everything. But when John got that contract, he was really resting on that and chilling because he was the man. The problem is, especially with John's style of play, you can't be doing that. And then when I don't care what anyone says, go look at his 2K pitchers the year last year when he got hurt. He gained so much weight during that offseason. And with his style of lateral movements, it was only a matter of time. That's what really freaked me out. When I saw it last year, I was like, oh, he's going to tear something. He's going to do it. Because he was trying to bulk up to be a small forward he was talking about. It was insane the numbers that he was – Yeah, yeah, they were talking about that. He was talking about that he wants to be doing more in the paint. He wants to be doing – what he has to do, he got to put more more weight. The problem is he wasn't putting on good weight. And not only that, you try to put on that much, it's just not good for your body. It's just not good. Even though he's older, he's not – he didn't have to, like, be the prone one, kind of like Ben Simmons with the foot and everything like that. John's lateral movements that are so herky-jerky, it was only a matter of time. Then we're going to talk about the story of him falling at the house. We're going to leave that for another podcast. Sad day. Um, day. So with that, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to transition over to D.C. sports. But now we're going to go into football. All right, and we are back. Now we're going to be going into D.C. sports, but now we're going to go into football. So first of all, how are we feeling with football this year? The 2019 season – for the Redskins was fully about Dwayne Haskins' development. That is the only one thing that mattered this whole season. And I am so glad to say that over the last two weeks, albeit he got injured yesterday, he is entrenched as the 2020 starter and the future of this Redskins organization. And I hope that coaches around the league see what Dwayne has done the last two weeks and really hope that some guys are enticed by what Dwayne's potential is with this team. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, we kind of talked about the front office and everything. I think that they're going in the right way, the right position with D.C., with their quarterback at least. A lot of how they deal with personnel and different personalities, there's much to be desired, but at least now we don't have a quarterback controversy um, with all of the just tumultuous – it was just a hot mess last year. Everything could have not (laughs) – there's nothing that could have gone worse than last year with quarterbacks. I I honestly, like, I feel like with the Redskins, I've blacked out the memories of the last, like, five, six years. And all I remember is RG3 season as the last, like, vivid, like, memories of every game and, like, understanding, like, every play. Like, I can't recall what the 2015 playoff season looked like with Kirk Cousins, like – it was like empty stats, empty yards, and we got crushed by the Packers, but I don't remember any of that. It doesn't stick in my head. And to know that, you know, Bruce Allen and, and the way these guys are, are running football operations, I'm just I'm just really hopeful that Bruce is gone. Yeah. Just it, really, it, really hoping. Yeah, you know, the thing is, um, you know, okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit. First of all, ha- Haskins was – Okay, so he was there at the WNBA games. It was hilarious because I'd never seen him up close. I didn't know he was he's, – he's my height. And so I was expecting him to be really tall. And so I was with my videographer, and um, we were at the, the Mystics game. This was like semifinals. And he's like, I don't know who's next to you. He's like, but he looks like he's a player, and he's bulky, but I had no idea what he looked like. Um, 
real nice guy though, real nice, taking pictures, everything. I just didn't know who he was. And to see what he did and was being patient and didn't just try to force it, and now his playing did the talking, it's great. It's great to see that. On the flip side, as high as I am with that, I feel horrible about Trent Williams and everything that went on with that situation because I think it was easily avoidable. And it, all it took was front office to say, we're sorry, we, we made a mistake, we're doing it. They, how did you mess up? that and everyone likes Trent Williams it's not like he's a hated player that is going to cost them when they're trying to get free agents when they're trying to get the buy-in from the team because he's a veteran and he was good he's a stud left tackle he was our guy for the last 10 years to treat your cornerstone left tackle who has been through like hell and back with you honestly like Let's just face it, like his tenure here, he's seen nothing. Just like we haven't seen anything from, from Bruce Allen's tenure in the last 10 years. I think last week was Bruce Allen's 10-year anniversary for the getting this job. Wow. And to handle Trent Williams the way he's doing it and, like, just Jay Gruden and, and like, it was the whole Mike Shanahan thing, starting Rex Grossman and John Beck and then going to Jay Gruden and then Jay Gruden – like a caught on film smoking something and like I was just like and then the firing of Scott McLuhan so I have a little story I interned for the Redskins uh three years ago and so 2016 training camp I was there in Richmond uh Scott was there the day I got there the day that the coaches got there was the day that Junior Gallette tore his Achilles for the second time and the mood of the locker room was just or the mood of the entire team was just so depressed and that's how we were starting off training camp and I was like okay guys like what's gonna happen here we got Kirk we got Scotty we got we got everybody we can do this and then nothing happens and what I hate to see about from the Redskins traditionally is what we haven't gotten to see this season is that they didn't win these last two games something that the Redskins have traditionally done is when the season is lost when the games don't matter, when the wins and losses don't matter, you start winning right when you want to get a better draft pick. Now, how it's a cycle of mediocrity. Whether you're the Wizards or the Redskins, you're stuck in that. And you're good enough to not get a top pick, but you're not good enough to compete. And I'm excited because the, se the schedule is going to be easier next year. We're going to have Dwayne hitting the ground running, whoever our coach is. And we got some great talent on the wide on the wide receiver side, but I don't know if Chase Young is enough. You know? Yeah, I think they're going to have to uh, similar to like how they did with uh, basketball operations. They're going to have to rethink how they how they scout, how they groom talent, and then also just the system in the locker room because the locker room is lost. I really think now Dwayne being there, I think it's it's very positive very positive now because they see that leader but other than that it can when you're not winning or things aren't going your way that's going to be the difference maker i haven't seen them put in place fail safes for them not to implode next year i think it's possible it's still new we can still have this all about soon it's going to be a lot of work though it's going to be a lot of work i think the difference is this season 
this loss season doesn't feel like every other loss season, right? Like, we got our quarterback. We have guys like smart guys like Alex Smith hanging out with Dan Snyder. We got guys like Urban Meyer coming to watch Haskins and Terry McLaurin play, hanging out with Dan and Alex Smith, who was his quarterback at Utah State. And, and to know that, okay, Dan is considering things. Dan wants to have Urban around as a consultant uh, on who we should hire as our next head coach. There are these little things in place that, that control in D.C. is something that is going to be far more on the table for anybody who comes in than if they go to Dallas. Right? Yeah. And Dallas just has far more talent. But here in D.C., depending on what happens with Bruce, you could have full control. Yeah. And I think that's got to be enticing to a lot of coaches. And, and I do agree with you. That full control, I just wanted to make sure it's the right one. right? Because you already right. know D.C. always goes for the, the names all the time. They give them – now, we're not, we're not the Raiders, okay? So I'm kind of happy about that. But D.C. tends to – I remember when Joe came back the first time, and that was great. That was great for that one time. I think they ended up 8-8, eight and eight and then they made that playoffs the first time. That 07 when Jason Campbell tore his yeah. ACL. I watched that game against Chicago, and then Todd Collins came in and led us to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. shout-out Todd. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, so, like, D.C. has those sparks. I just want foundational movements for uh, Haskins. I think he can do good. I really I like his demeanor and even yeah he took that picture and you know he was in the stands and everything. Guess what? I love that he was passionate and that he was doing those things. Now it would've been different if they lost, I understand. But I like that kind of energy that is going to be there because have you been to a Redskins game recently? Have you seen the state a state a, like um just the crowd? It's awful. I I went to the Jets Redskins game, which was probably one of the worst games I've ever witnessed in my life. Like thirty-four to three, we got trampled. Um, and no, there's just every, the problem that I have with at least the main like Wizards and Redskins of DC. Right? Shout out to the Caps and the Mystics for winning their chips, and the Nats as well. D- they they brought chips to DC, which is something that we can't say for the two biggest teams in DC. But I think when either the Wizards or the Redskins win a chip. The city will go nuts on a different level than with the Caps and the Wizard or Caps and the Nationals. That being said, though, Dwayne's demeanor is something I really like. But again, this team has always struggled on the back end of the defense. They need stud corners. They need a stud free safety, and they need a stud linebacker, right? And we don't have a pass rush. But I like Montez Sweat. I like the way Ryan Anderson has come up. As of late, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, what they have is the ability to create a lot of cap room this offseason. And I just don't know, because of the Trent Williams situation, if free agents are truly going to be enticed to come here. We got Landon Collins, but I haven't seen a big impact from him defensively. And then now if you trade down from the number two pick, you could stockpile a lot of people and and get a lot of stud guys. But I think uh, I see both sides, but I think – what we lack is just star talent, and I think Chase Young is that. Yeah, I mean, it, but see, and then the problem with the – you already know this. I mean, and for the listening audiences uh, that, you know, avoid D.C., the thing is D.C. gets stars, but they're either over the hill or they did one breakout year. Uh, Snyder gets enticed, 
and then get some, and then they do nothing here. The the biggest star that had so much potential, it didn't work out, and it was fatal. My favorite player in football, Sean Taylor, was my favorite player. Um, he was going to anchor that defense for the next decade, hands down, hands down. Um, I still can't watch his highlights. I get that upset. Him, LeVar Arrington was great before, you know, he went to the Giants when he was later. That defense, like the early 2000s, that was what even made them even possible to stay in games. I loved me some Greg Williams. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I was like, let's let's get some Bounty Gate over here in D.C., huh? I was going to say, I was so mad that I was like, we ask for every other coach. We couldn't have gotten Greg Williams for one year. Like, what? No, the, to to have interviewed your longstanding defensive coordinator, who's actually, like, done well the last few years, right, and pick a quarterback's coach named Jim Zorn. I'm sorry, Jim, but, like, man, I was shocked about that, that thing. And then Jim came into the league when John Harbaugh came to the Ravens. And I was like, wow, and now they're on their route to their second Super Bowl. And he survived, like, two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, and and Jim survived one or two seasons here, and then we got Mike, and we all know how that went down. So that um, you know what? There's there's a span, and th- th- this Redskins section is way too long, um, because of just it's going downhill. But I will say, I remember when I really got in football. It started probably when Steve Spurrier took over, and then like he had Danny Warfel and Patrick Ramsey and that style. From that point on, like all of the last 20 years, it has been all over the place. And so even if it's a couple years away, three, four years to rebuild, we need to put the pieces in place. And if they can do that, they got potential. Number one position is always quarterback, right? And we thought we had that. You see it with Drew Brees. You see it with the greats. You got a quarterback, it doesn't matter what your defense can do. You have a shot. And now, watching the way Haskins stood in the pocket yesterday, to complete 12 of 15 for 133 and two TDs before his... He completed his second touchdown pass before his first incompletion. And that is something, like, I remember watching his press conference and he was talking about his first game when he played against the Giants. He came in uh, for relief for Case Keenum. And he said, I want to vomit when I watch that film. Like, give me anything else to watch. That is not me. That was not me. I am a different player today. And to see his progression. Personally, I don't know how I felt about Callahan the last few weeks. Uh, last week, he did a very abrupt, abrasive press conference. Doesn't, didn't listen to the reporters. Didn't, like, answer their questions. Ran out. And this is right after, you know, we, uh, who were we playing last week? Locked it. Hold on. Uh, Hold on Eagles, the yeah. Eagles, right at the end, and and we have a chance. Like we, Dwayne played well, and to just run out of there, our defense didn't get a stop on that last play, and then and then Dwayne gave up that sack fumble at the end. But you know, shout out, Dwayne has really developed and impressed me as a Redskins fan. Uh, SB Nation does those fan pulse results, right? And I think the last two weeks, I'm sure that the Redskins fan base is trending upwards because we see there is a product on the field that we want to go watch. And with Scary Terry and Steven Sims, and I'm, I'm loving, and Kelvin Harmon, I'm loving these guys. I'm loving what we have. 
I'm loving Kevin O'Connell, and I truly hope that Kevin's our guy going forward. Yeah. At least I, I hope he stays because if we let another guy go who can turn around a quarterback and has experience with Dwayne, who is showing a game plan that is something that Dwayne can uh, excel in, you know, why, why get rid of that? Yeah. If you're Dan or Bruce. And you're saying these things, and they're logical, and they don't usually happen logically in, um, in, in D.C. So I'm hoping for the best. We'll see. Uh, definitely exit interviews, what happens, all those things. Definitely by January we should know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, man, no, this is, this is good insight. Quick question, okay, so you interned everything. Uh, did you ever try to talk to Dan? I did have a conversation with Dan Snyder. Really? I did. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, a little little story here. So we're at the Omni Hotel in Richmond, Virginia, where that's the team hotel. Um, my job was a football operations intern, so I was responsible for transporting a lot of the players, coaches, assistants, personnel, everybody back and forth from the facility at Bond's Coors back to the back to the hotel and then also just running a bunch of errands for any player so my name was announced like hey guys like this is Arjun if you guys need anything make sure um, you hit him up and tip him well (laughs) and so I'm walking one day and through our main area where all the team meeting rooms are and Dan is sitting there with his with his uh, entourage I walk by Dan, he's making eye contact with me, I'm making eye contact with him. It was too long for me to not introduce myself. I was like, this is uncomfortable if I don't say hi. So I said, hey, Mr. Snyder, my name's Arjun, I'm a football operations intern, how's it going? And he's like, hey, Arjun, where do you go to school? I said, I go to William & Mary. And he was like, oh, wow, Like, do you know Lou Holtz? Now at the time, I'm 20 years old, I don't really know Lou Holtz like that. I was like, oh, ESPN analyst Lou Holtz. And he's like, no, like coach of William & Mary football Lou Holtz. And I was like, oh, true. And he was like, do you know what his famous saying was? And his problem with like William & Mary. And I was like, nope. And he goes, my problem with William & Mary is that there's too many Marys and not enough Williams. And his entire entourage starts laughing. And so naturally I also start laughing, but... I didn't get the joke. I, I get it. Like, are there too many girls, not enough football, not enough men playing football? Like, I, I didn't know where he was going with that. But I was like, all right, his entire entourage laughed. I'm going to laugh. You got to like, go with that, it. That, that, that was my interaction with Dan Snyder. And, and you know, I, I could have told him a lot of other things. But at that time, he was my employer. And I was like, I'm great to meet you, Dan. You know what? That's, that's a lot farther than a lot of other people, though. Um, we've. Yes, throughout the years of either working in media in D.C., um, him speaking to you, that's a whole other level. So, Archie, you made it that far? Congratulations. That, uh, that yeah. does not happen. I, I appreciate that. No, I mean, look, I, I empathize with Dan. I think I'm not saying he's a great owner, but I understand if you have that kind of money, this is your team, this is your, you've been a fan. Right. So if I was if I was the owner of the Redskins, like, would I be as involved? Probably not. Would I make some of the same decisions? No. But I can't blame him for some of the decisions he's made because he's so invested. And he and maybe that doesn't make a good owner. 
but I empathize with the position he's in as a fan of the Redskins, not just as the owner. You know, that's a that's a very um, – I think that's the most moderate view I've ever heard someone say about him, which is a good thing because a lot of people don't view it like that. Um, I'm going to just leave it at this one, unless there's – it might go into the next segment. But do you want him or Dolan? Dan, every day. See, and we'll – I'll go with, like, the reason I, I say that with Dolan is – I think self-sabotages himself and he acts like he can't believe people are acting this way to him. See, for instance, when, just anything, Any, that, anything you know, that, that he's say. done, the fans, Charles Oakley. With, like, yeah, yeah with, with Snyder, the only thing with that is if you're, and I understand the fandom, I never really consider that. The only thing is if you care so much about it, you then spend as much as you can to get the right people to know what they're talking about. 100%. Because if not, you have to take yourself out of ownership and then devote yourself to a craft to get a team better, which is not the, is not the position of an owner. You celebrate because it's your team when they win, but your only, your only job is to find the best to then take your franchise to the next level. Correct. And, and there's a lot of news and a lot of uh, heat coming from Dwayne saying that Dan Snyder came to check on him, advised him to not go back into the game yesterday. And then Dwayne had to tweet to clarify that Dan came in, told me to be smart, and advised me to listen to the medical staff who did not clear Dwayne to go back into the game. Now, Dan's involvement, you know, every player from Chris Thompson to Dwayne Haskins to RG3 to Kirk to everybody. Dan's been a great owner to those guys. The problem that I see is that Dan picks and chooses which players he wants to be closer with, right? And that's usually the star first-round picks. The, the guy, and that's, that's the mentality that gets the rest of the team feeling weird about their owner's relationship with their players. So that goes back to I understand the fandom thing, and if he goes there, this is his hubris. Because I actually think he cares more about those being in association with the ones that are the stars, and then he gets to shine from it. If you're purely about the team and the reverence for the team, you would separate yourself from all the stars. Or you would go over, we think about the Bus family. That goes crazy for the entire Lakers franchise and everyone. Yeah, Magic, they love. Guess what? If you hear stories, the Buses did that with every player. Dan picks and chooses, just like RG3 and all of those things. He gets very, very close to the ones. And then you're bringing animosity with the rest of the team, and now there's divisions. And then you're upset about why is my team feeling this X, Y, and Z. When you are going in the middle of the game downstairs to your players where you have – you're not a doctor. In the middle of the game. What the rest it? of the team is playing. What are you like? <laughs> shouldn't you be still, you know, rooting for that team? What you're saying? Wait, this guy is so important. I'm leaving. And see, and that's the problem with, and that's why I'm like Dolan. Dolan to me is just <laughs> nonsensically like not understanding his job and not understanding. He's thinking about the worth of the building. What is it? How can I can I separate the Knicks from the building? Can I make more money off the building? Like he, all he wants to do is play music and be off on another island. Dan wants to be in the spotlight, have the control, 
wants the accolades and then be a micromanager. So, so the biggest problem that I see with Dan is he wants to be the player's friend. I don't, I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like Tom Brady does not address Bob Kraft as Bob or Robert. I think he says Mr. Kraft. And I would like to see a little bit more of a separation of respect of like, you are the owner, I am the player, or, or whatever. And I'm not even trying to make it like that type of dynamic, but that is what the dynamic is, right? Like, you're not Dan, you're Mr. Snyder, right? And like, you're the owner, you pay my paycheck, I'm, you're not my friend, I work for you, right? And Dan allows himself to cozy up to these guys that creates that divisiveness in the locker room that winning only winning cultures can can overcome and what i loved about there's a report uh, the whole bruce allen or urban meyer thing bruce allen wasn't in the uh, wasn't in the box he wasn't in the suite he was actually in the coach's box because he actually reportedly handles challenge replays like bruce allen apparently decides when the redskins should challenge that's a problem in itself a play i didn't know that and i was like I learned this yesterday, and I'm like, and, and I saw Adam Schefter talking about it, and he's like, I can't confirm nor deny that, like, that's the thing. I'd have to figure it out, but if that is the case, that's crazy because all we've recently seen is that Dan hasn't been with Bruce a lot. Dan is considering making changes to the front office, and Bruce is not around him. So where's Bruce? He's in the replay box figuring out challenges. And I'm like, where is this man's football acumen, and what has he done to warrant hanging around? I, even if you're like, Bruce, go over there. You're team president. You are all you're in charge of are alumni, and um, um, the stadium, the new stadium. Sorry. And so when I get to when I see the Ravens on Thursday night football or Monday night football, whenever they clinched, uh, to see them honoring the Mystics for winning the championship. I'm like, did the Redskins ever honor the Mystics? We're the DC team, we're, right? And I'm like, whose responsibility is that? To be like, hey, we should honor our fellow like Capitals or Mystics or Nationals. That's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face. You have Baltimore doing that? Like, that doesn't even. How are you gonna let them do even, that? I think even the Nats did it for the Mystics. Yeah, during their playoff yeah. run, I think. So, yeah, that's, that's insane. I cannot – that is – but you know what? I, I even think that's Baltimore just throwing shade on D.C. just to do that because, like, you've never – like, listen, we're in – like, it's in Maryland, but, like, no one – listen, either you're in Baltimore or D.C. Like, come on now. That is – that's sad. I didn't know that. That's so, crazy. So the, when you – going back to the question of Dolan versus Dan Snyder, I read an article on the Washington Post recently that was, like, how can we – we can't fire an owner, right? So we can't how, – how can we get rid of Dan, right? And this was what the premise of the article was, is that it's about the stadium. Dan wants to be back in D.C. He wants Redskins to be back in D.C. The only way, theoretically, that they said that D.C. could prevent Dan from owning the team is that, hey, we're happy to take the Redskins back to D.C., but without you. And if you're, if we say if DC mayor says, I, names an issue or whatever, and says basically you're the issue, 
if we don't want you, like, you're not coming to D.C. And he's going to be like, what, what, what do I do now? Right now, I'm sure there's, like, a million other ways. But that, that was just one interesting way of, like, how as fans, as a community, we can prevent Dan from owning the team. But yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, no, I mean, I, that, that's interesting. That's pretty funny. Um, I, I think they should be in the district again. I think that would be a, a huge opportunity. I, I think it would have to come from him or another venture that he wants to pursue. And let's not mistake, Redskins are still worth a lot of money. They're still probably in top five. Yeah. They're franchises, right? Last time I checked, they're $3.2 billion, uh, especially when there was rumors that Bezos had a meeting with Dan and – Maybe Bezos wants to own an NFL team. Listen, he got I'm the like, post. He's I'm got like, well in the post. He <laughs> that's great. He co-signed that, and that's where the articles like, come from. I'm yeah. like, Dan, give him a minority stake. Let him get in the door. I'd be very happy with Jeff Bezos as our team owner. It would be more efficient. Or everything that we we're doing that operation. He, he runs Amazon. I mean, it would be perfect. But, but one thing I actually never got to research or learn about was how Dan made his money before. Before. Because he bought the team for $999 million or something like that back in 99. Now it's worth 3.2 bill. He could easily sell it. to Bezos would shell out five or six for the Redskins, you know? Yeah. Did, did Dan have six flags before that? Or did he get oh, six Dan flags? Dan six flags. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wonder if he – I thought he had a couple different uh, ventures, including, I thought, Six Flags at the time. And then he had the backing, and then he bought it, it. at okay. a really reasonable price, actually. I, I mean, mean – Dan is not an old owner, so it's not like we can just hope. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not an no old <laughs> no, owner. He's, no, he's going right? to be here until – He's going to be here for a while. Yeah. So, I'm like, get Bruce out of here. I know he's your best friend. I know you like to hang out and drink with him, but like, mm. come on, buddy. Like, yeah. So it was uh, his marketing business. Marketing. Yep, business. yep, yep. Got and then it. he had that, and then on top of that, sold his French firm, and then that's how he just Let's made see it. See if Gary V can get on that. Listen, get on that uh, Jets train. Yeah, exactly right. Listen, he's over there. I was going to say Gary getting Redskins. Oh, yeah, right. But Jets. He. I mean, listen, and you guys with the Jets, you know, he can buy low at this point. Like, and what is it just my perception? I'm going to ask this before we move on to the last section. Is it just my perception, or does everyone just like the Giants more than the Jets? Is it? Is it in the city? Is Am I reading that wrong? Is it half and half? Because, like, I feel like the Mets and the Yankees, right? Mets, I feel like no matter – I think people revel being Mets fans because they know people are taking advantage of them or they're being overlooked. Is that the same with the Jets or No. So when I was growing up, I always felt like the Jets were kind of a Jersey team. Yep. And then and like like the Nets and the Mets. Yep. So I That's felt like it was right. a Jets, Mets, Nets, and then it was Knicks, Yankees, uh, who am I? Giants. Was? Giants. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. And so the other thing is the Giants have won two Super Bowls in the last fifteen years. The Jets haven't made the playoffs in nine straight years. Now, what do the Jets have going for them versus the Giants? I mean, I, I don't know, but, like, they're not – neither franchises. Did I mean, Redskins get Santana Moss from Jets? We Santana did We did get the yeah. – we did get Santana. Who's their them. best player. I didn't understand – how do we get that – who do we trade that wide receiver for? Cause that we was had, 2006. Yeah, because we had Clinton Portis at the time, too, because we had both of them. We didn't – what do did we give up? I got to think about that. 
Yeah. Um, but that's that's a really my time. that's actually a good take you were talking about for I yeah. I have a lot of Jersey friends that love the Jets. I was actually thinking yeah. about that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so my best friend originally used to be a used to be a Jets Nets fan. And I felt like he was so torn when they went to Brooklyn like after the Jason right after the Jason Kidd era and Vince Carter that he became a Knicks fan. And I was like, "Wow, you messed up that bad." Like you went from the Nets to the Knicks, and now you've set yourself back another 15 years before you get to see a relevant team. You and now the Nets will be relevant next season, Yeah. right? And yeah. they're relevant this season, too. Yeah, but yeah. It, I'm that's loving, poor the decision. I'm loving the NBA. Loving the NBA. And so now that we've, we've depressed the audience for a moment for the NFL, now we're going to be going into basically – probably back into the NBA. We're going to be talking about our, our favorite topics and all those things right after this break. All right, and we are back. So we are going to be in this last section of the program of This and That Guy. And Arjun, thank you so much for being here, man. Of course, Doc. So happy to be here. This section we're going to be talking about, I mean, what's going on right now? We love the NBA. This is how we were talking about it the other week. So we're going to just go around the league, some of uh, certain storylines we like, conspiracy theories, everything going on with the NBA. Love it. So the first section we're going to be talking about is actually the proposal for next year. Um, the yeah, the 2021 year going into it and all that. So let let how you, do you like all the proposals with the changes in games, the in tournament in the year? Let's talk about that. So I like it. I think it's progress overall. Uh, I think it's unrealistic for the for the league to just reseed all teams in the playoffs because, especially right off the bat, just because there there's travel schedules all these logistics and operations involved that are going to make it extremely difficult for them to do that right off the bat. But to go from reseeding to reseed the top four, the final four teams, to understand that you can play in from the seventh through tenth seed, I love that. I think that's going to be huge. And I think I like the idea that if you're, you're the ninth or tenth seed, you have to win two to get in. If you are the seventh or eighth seed, you have to lose two to get out. So I like that. I think that's very even. And then I like, I like the idea of the in-season tournament. What I don't fully understand, though, is like, aren't certain teams going to be then playing more games than other teams? Yeah. So they haven't really explained that yet. That it, is what where I'm really like not understanding the the concept. It, it sounds really good. I, I So, again, with you, I'm actually ecstatic about everything about it. I think a shorter season allows load management. We don't have any back-to-backs pretty much. If you cut it yep. down to that much, that eliminates that. Um, I like having the play-in. And the like. even with bas- uh, baseball, I don't even like baseball. I'll watch the playoffs for the for one sure. game to get in because I just like the atmosphere. For them to it's do like that. It's like a game seven. Yeah, it, yeah, it's great. So I, I think that's really, really interesting. The only thing that I'll say about this, the tournament, and they're saying like a million dollars or whatever. It doesn't matter to them. Like, that doesn't matter. Um, The Ringer had an interesting thing where it would give you valued points or account towards the games. So that could change your seating if you win the tournament. okay. Which I like that. So almost like, um, I guess they were talking about in different clubs in soccer. I guess it was like your record regular season, then your tournament wins. How the tournament wins could factor in. A certain amount regular of regular season, and then that changes the standings. 
I like that. Interesting. Okay. The, the other as long one, as it's not arbitrary and it's fully, like, uh, uniform. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I, the only one, and I understand if you go with that, that style, if we're doing it for entertainment, it sort of matters. I would love other ball clubs, either international or G League, allowed to play in the tournament. And the reason be, behind it is a million dollars, a couple million dollars is nothing to these players. You give that to a G League team, they will ball out out of control if you give that to a international team that will not only elevate their um their notoriety of that club but now they're really getting real money it would be great it'd be great um one other thing too is i even think about like luca playing in uh, barcelona you think about if luca played in this tournament years if we had tournaments years ago you would know about like who's this kid just like going out of control I think it would work on the international level. Now you're getting even more money from international media uh, or um, those countries because now you're allowing them to play in this in-tournament or, or in-season tournament. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I just need to know the logistics, if it makes yeah. sense. I, th- I think, um, at least with that last part that you said, getting getting other clubs involved in this tournament, I think that logistically will be a little bit more difficult for the NBA to to make happen however i do think that if they opened up the g league showcase to outside clubs i think that really all these guys want are is film on tape right they want to be able to show against other competition that they can ball right and i think that's what the g league is doing one i love the entire way that they've one rebranded the g league from the d league to the g league right like that gatorade sponsorship huge and now to have increase the salaries of the G League players, so it's an actual like you're making 125, like you're you, that's a normal salary, like you can live very comfortably with your family, like there, and so you have a shot, and then these guys always have a shot to get into their parent club. I love that every NBA team is moving towards having their own affiliated G League minor league team, and to have that and then make as much money as they're doing, right, gives them enough motivation to keep fighting for the real league, but then supports them enough financially to allow them to play this as their job and not have to go look for outside work. Nate Orchard on the Redskins was like cooking burgers like three weeks ago. Now he's a block punt, right? To have these guys on film, to get them the opportunity, I think it's just better for overall competition in the league. Yeah, I I think... Uh, I am hoping that the Players Association, everyone will go through it. Really, I think it just has to come down to money. I really, as much as some of the players are posturing, are like, oh, this will never work. If the money's right, if, if they're incentivized, if they do a tournament, it will work. It will work. Um, and then on top of that, if it's something to do with seeding, the smaller clubs can't whine about it. Right, because so I understood like some people were like, Oh, the reseedings top four makes a lot of sense to me. If they reseed just top four, yep. it's all right. And then the smaller teams, because they were talking about if they did both conferences, let's be honest, most of the East teams just aren't gonna make it into right. it at yep. all. But if you do it only top four, listen, you smaller clubs that weren't gonna be there, you're not gonna be there anyway. So unless you're like I mean, no, it's just not gonna happen yeah. right now. No, I I, I think that the way that the league is trending, I just love that the the times that we've lived through. Right, we've I've gotten to see at my young age the NBA change so drastically from different points. Right, from traditional two big men, right, 
that was the traditional league and to convert to a little bit more three-pointers, a little bit more offense, now to positionless basketball, to go from big threes to big twos, and, and to see that there is a lot more parity in the NBA now, I think that's the right way I'm wording it. I think that more teams can be competitive if they choose sooner than the war than every team felt like competing against the Warriors for the last four years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really shifted the dynamics. And uh, I think after that dynasty is done, I think the duos and everything that's happening now, I think it's going to last for a couple years. I don't see, number one, the contract structure is yep. totally different. Everyone's doing one-and-ones yep. or, you know. Four, four years. Yep. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be like long reigns. Number two, the way, and I mean this has been documented, so it's not like a hot take, but the way that the salary – cap spiked in 2016 for that to happen will not happen again will never happen yeah. it, it, unless player association does something and then everyone will point back like remember when we did this stupid thing look what happened yep. uh and then timothy mozgov got paid like more yeah. than the yeah. entire wnba um that, that's crazy that's something i read that was like the max salary is for a wnba player i think is like Couple hundred thousand tops, there, maybe one hundred. So it's not more than two hundred. Deladon, Deladon has like two point one million. The rest, median salary, is less than one twenty five. Yes. So and, yeah, that's why they play overseas. NBA veterans, like minimum, is it three point one? I think it's like yeah, two point eight, yeah. something around yeah. there, and they make more than the whole. Yeah, some are even team-wide. So if you think about Deladon, she's making money on Mystics. That's an anomaly. That's not like every team. Like Candace Parker has it, maybe Deladon. Tasha Cloud, point guard for the Mystics, doesn't even make that. That's why she's in China right now. uh, Mieselman, so the MVP for Mystics, she's back in, what, Belgium or Germany playing. So they're all playing abroad while the season is not going on so they can make money. So they can make money. No one stays. Deladon stays because she has her camp. Very few uh, women athletes have camps, which which need to change, and that's a whole initiative because, you know, they might have a strike this year because um, they haven't come to terms for next year. Everyone's oh, like, really? oh, yeah, they'll come back in April. I'm like, no one signed anything, and yeah. they're abroad right now. They have no incentive in so, some. So a lot of, like, WMA players, like, from other teams are also going abroad oh, yeah. to play, right? I want, I, of course, I don't have the stats in front yeah, of me, yeah. but I would say a great, great majority or – they are trainers and they stay in the stateside. They do not play. They do not. They, they can't just work on their craft in, uh, when they're in not the in season. They have to make they And to make money. their insurance is only in season. Their health wow. insurance is only in season. So a lot of times they play at other clubs to get health care because they can play and still get taken care of, not, you know, and, and they can't chill in the off season. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, I think a lot of changes need to be made on that front. And uh, unfortunately, it's TV money. It's like who? Can, True, the is ratings. Is the NBA just going to give up a percentage to help support the WNBA? Probably not in the next one year. It may, Yeah, no. It makes sense with G League because they're still investing in the product later yes. on. Uh, I mean, look at Nunn and so many others from yep. Miami Heat with their insane team. But Miami for WNBA, it, it doesn't translate. Um, switching gears for a second, how do you, how do you feel about the NCAA and James Wiseman now leaving Memphis to prepare for the draft, and 
I, I just think a lot of these guys, the NCAA is going to really lose its product I think over the next few years. I think the problem with NCAA, it's semantics, and it's really posturing, and they really don't know what they want to do, and I feel like they're just panicking, and so they're making just ridiculous rules, right? Everyone's known for decades that people, that players take money. I mean, that is not a secret. Everyone will know. It just depends who gets caught and what program are you willing to expose. Everyone does it ever since they were kids. But I mean, but the problem is the, it's not the players' faults. You're incentivizing kids coming from horrible situations and you're, telling, you're showing them money that they've never seen before. Their parents, some of their parents are taking the money because they've never seen that much money before. You cannot penalize kids for these things. What was it, like $14,000? Yeah, it was like, ridiculous. Like, and, and that's like the amount of his fine. Yeah. It's fine, but now it's like... Uh, it's a joke. It's really it's, sad. It's a it's joke. It's really you sad. Know, the problem that I have with... NT, and I don't even... I like, I'll watch college like once in a while. Like when, when Trey Young was in college, like I, everyone's like, you got to watch this kid. So I watched it, right? A couple teams from Duke, even though, you know... Well, Maryland's not even the same division. Don't even get me started. Like yeah. I was trained to hate Duke my entire life, and now they're not even in the division. So like I don't have that am- animosity as much. But anyway, the point is... When you look at what's going on, NCAA makes up things and then they can take it away. And it's so flimsy. For instance, the Rich Paul rule. Okay, how long did that last? 48 hours before everyone came into a unanimous agreement to take it away? They're making up fake rules because the system is so damaged. So they're talking about our kids are going to make money off their likeness, all of those things. That's a big win, though. That, I'm big fine win. with that. They should have been doing that. Yes, <laughs> like, that, like... That should have been happening always. It's your name, not. Yeah, and they're saying, "Oh, well, because I'm paying your, you know, your schooling." You, come on, bro. Like, how much money did you make off that kid? Like that. So if yeah, if the the value compared to what the tuition and room and board and every expense that that child incurs at school, versus how much money that kid can make you as a team, it's not even close. These guys are selling out their arenas. They're like making money on. Video games, apparels, yeah. Everything. And and I just don't – being 23 myself, like, if I was in, that sh- in those shoes, I'd be mad. I'd be very upset. And that's why the G League has become a, such a big deal. And that's why I'm happy about that because guys like Chris Chioza out of Maryland, right? I think he went to Maryland, right? Or I got to check that. UB, yeah. Um, one of them. I love Chris Chioza. He's, he just got waived. By the Wizards, um, but he's still on the G League team. Um, He'll be fine. To he's gonna he's gonna bounce. To know that we can get guys like Justin Robinson, Isak Bonga, Garrison Matthews, all these like guys like good playing time. Admiral Schofield, I love the way he's been balling recently. I think he's like our Draymond Green type player, mm-hmm. um, and like they get really valuable minutes on the G League end, and that brings their confidence. So, I, I remember there was a game where Chris and Admiral played earlier in the day. They played the G League game, and they came in and played for the Wizards that night because of all the slew of injuries. That and was like, awesome. That's that's awesome. Yeah, like that's awesome. I'm I'm happy for him. There is a uh, Chris. I did not know. They say Chris went to Florida. Oh Florida. really? Yeah, Chris I did not know it? that. I gotta. Ch- uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to check uh, that. That is crazy. I did not, not know that, that at all. Check if I'm right. I, that's insane, unless he transferred or something like this. I'm trying to read this as you're talking. Um, but that's exactly right. There's a lot of things 
yeah, Florida. that are happening in um, in in basketball that I think is just very progressive. Like that's the biggest thing. I think the Ad- best league by far. Adam Silver just like listening and being like, yeah, I think we're going to try this. Even just a fun fact. I'm not sure. Did you see how they changed the fouls in uh, G League? So no. you can. So the I think it's so if you get pow- uh, if you get fouled on your uh, two point. If you sh- uh, if you shoot one, that counts for two, and then you just move on. If it's three, if it's a three pointer, if you make your uh, first, you can go for the second, and then you'll get all of them. If you miss that one, it's done. So even on a two pointer, if you miss the first one, that's it. That's it. Everything's like an and one. Yeah. Ish, one and one. Yeah. Interesting. It's really crazy, but it speeds up everything. And now it's like you can see, like, it really matters. Like, it's so they, what I like about the G League, they can experiment a lot with the rules or yeah, what they they're going to do. Yeah, they can test a lot of the, the new changes. Because what I love about the new NBA is that offensive rebound shot clock is goes to 14 and not 24, which now speeds everything faster. up. And now you have more possessions per game. You give it's a lot more competitive. You can't just like reset and you're like, oh man, this game's over now. No, you still got to strategize. Love it. Love yeah, it. and and I think it's it's great for the the fans because at the end of the day, just like when the the NFL made one progressive change that I loved, which was allowing players to celebrate after touchdowns, right? Like, why not? Come on. Because why is that fifteen yards when all fans want to see is the players dance and like celebrate their touchdown, and like then when we get to see the NBA and they're like, you know, we want we want to try we want to try out these new things like this new shot clock, new more offense, right? Higher scoring games, more engagement, and ratings are still down, mind you, right? Like NBA ratings are still down, but that's because so many of so many star talents are concentrated in very few areas. Yeah. Right? Like LA's got four of the best So it makes players. sense not only that, but if you're playing L.A. games are all at 1030 for the most part. So your viewership is going to change all East Coast for the most part. I mean, I stay up, but I'm like yeah. at 130. I'm still trying to deal with this. And um, and the other thing is, if you look at the national schedule that ESPN botched this year. With the Pelicans? With the Pelicans. Oh, man. Like, come on, man. How many did they have? I mean, I think it's something in the teens. Like, I'm th- maybe 12 or 18. Yeah. It's something high where you have the Pels, and now they've got a shift. They've got, you know basically have other games they either Flex bump up that, you know what yeah. i'm saying and i'm like it's embarrassing that's what killed him i was like you had that and yeah zion i knew that that's great but like you were banking too much on him you were you were you could have had you should have flexed them the other way just in case he did well and he was going up yes. for rookie of the year yes. then start putting the games on for them to I, come I out the see gate jaw. i want to see jaw on national tv so you <laughs> like yeah. you know like Jaw is balling out, like he deserves. And I can't. I can only get highlights because. Well, I mean, I do have yeah. league pass, but I don't go out seeking. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, of course. They, they should have thought about that. Or if you're going to say these are your top three rookies of this class, you should have built out that system. But you can't blame Steph is injured, and guess what? They're just telling him basically, don't come back until you have Clay. Um, and it, they, they should trade D. Russ. Well, that's a. Well, I, I don't think they will. They won't. They, they won't. They shouldn't. They right now. That I don't even. They should have, if anyone, Timberwolves should have got him. He's already friends with Cat. It would have made sense. They need a point guard. They're vocally, people from, like, anonymous sources keep leaking every week. They don't want Jeff T. Like, you should have went and got your point guard. Like, what are you talking about? And, and it's so, 
I, I just don't really like that business aspect of the NBA. And you kind of see it in 2K, like, the way, like, if you go through the story mode of my career, to leak stuff like that. Jeff Teague is a classy veteran in the NBA, right? He There was a, an article a couple weeks ago that I read where he actually subbed himself out to allow Andrew Wiggins to have more control of the ball. He wanted, he's like, I'm going to sit out. I'm going to go to the bench. Andrew, you are the point guard. And they want to have the ball more in Andrew Wiggins' hands. And he, he like, to have a veteran who's, like, you know, 32, 33, like, still can play, still can come off the bench and, like, give you good quality backup point guard minutes, like, for him to do that, that's huge. Like, that's that's insane. But then to have these reports and it's just like you know what I feel think, thankless. I think the two things happen. Of course, with the what was it the GM from uh, Philly 76ers a couple of years ago with Hinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. This was um, mm. you know who I'm talking about because he got burned because the Twitter account that was the burner one. Calangelo. Yep. Calangelo. Yep. So his son's still there, but he had to go because listen. Yeah. That was embarrassing. You know that what I'm saying? You right. should have to blame your wife. That that was that was stupid to me. On. And she was just looking out. I was like, "Come on, bro!" Like, I like, don't even know if I'd put my wife in that th- that's, situation. That's that's really bad. I'm not sure. And that was worse because I was like, "Listen, you know you're going to get fired. Why did you make something up?" Like was that's what it, made me upset. Wasn't he the one that ran Team USA for the last like however many? It years? was it was a long time. He was part of it. I'm not, yeah, and then, and then I think about it. Yeah, Coach K took over. Or Pop took over, I think. Yeah, yeah, K and then Pop. Yeah, the, the point, like, he knew better. Like, he knew better. And, you know, so, but th- I think it's a cultural thing. You have certain ones, just like Windhorse and all, Shan- like, you know which one you want to go to. You know who your agent's going to be talking to. Like, it's a game. It's the same way how Woj always knows who's going to go where. Listen, it's, everyone knows this. Yeah. You talk to certain people. So we'll go with that. But, of course, shout out to The Ringer for that story. And Let's give a little shout-out to Rachel Nichols, yes. big Wizards fan. That was? That, yeah. You know what? I never really – really. I Personally, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of See? Rachel Nichols. But – See, she's a Wizards fan, and she's like, they're fun. The, you know what? I did see that. They're fun. I did let see them the, do whatever I saw they that. want. I was like, man, let Rachel, co-sign, letting them be bad. Yeah. And we're just <laughs> not like, going to – I was like, if you, if you aren't going to say anything, just like – actually basketball related about the wizards like don't bring them up on the show yeah, yeah. i'm like that's just embarrassing like yeah. i get to watch that like there are some real basketball analytics we could talk about if you wanted to talk about you know like they're number one in assists they're yeah. like tops in field goal percentage tops in three points they don't want to talk about it they don't like, want to hear that they're number one they're top five offense like they're a legit team that but you're just gonna <laughs> treat them like that Get yeah, off. you're right. I totally forgot. I saw that on YouTube. I saw that clip, and I was like, "What?" Because they're ne- wizards are never on the jump ever. And I was no, like, the w- "Wizards and Redskins are not talked about anywhere on national television no, ever, no. unless they're talked about for their name." Yeah, yeah, it, Redskins. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that like they're like, that they're going to get sued again. So let's do this real quick. We're going to just have. Um, I'm going to go through uh, west and then east. I want your hot takes. Talking about going through yeah. from one all Work. the way through. So uh, Lakers, you, were you surprised that they're a number one seed right now? No, I'm not surprised. Really? At all. Uh, do I think they're going to win the chip? No. Do you I think, think they're going to be in Western Conference Finals? I believe it'll be the Clippers and the Lakers. It'll be a home-and-home home series, and it'll be exciting, and we will see Clippers in six. So, mm, that's interesting. I think those two teams will make it, 
all the way. The problem with I think they're going to beat themselves up so badly that they're going to come out. And depending who comes out of the East, they're going to lose to the Eastern team because Kawhi, he's going to have to go to his full max that entire series. LeBron will be the same way. And I, can, I cannot put money on that AD will stay healthy. <laughs> like, there's no way. Anthony day-to-day Davis. No, that, that won't happen. So I'm like, with that, Anthony is going to do something freakish. It's going to happen. He's going to tear, like, some ligament in his, like, index finger, and he can't go. It's going to be something crazy like that. Everyone's talking L.A., remember. but I, I'd keep my eye on Houston. That, so they, on, on a bad night, they can get you. See, and, like, you're right. Whew, you sleep for five seconds, like, James Harden just knocked down five threes. The, the thing is, and that's why everyone's like, oh, they're not going to go far. Listen, he's basically just subtracted Chris Paul for, for Westbrook. And that's a plus. That's, a, that's plus. a plus. So if I'm doing that, James, he always has to do too much. Let, he's going to have one or two games that Westbrook will be Westbrook and get to the line. I, I watched this the last uh, Clippers-Rockets game. And it was a back-and-forth affair. It was fun to watch that game because it was basically like Harden didn't have anything going. He was shooting like two for seven to start the game. Had a few assists here and there, but he really like gave the ball to Russell. And, and, and that's what I love about Russell. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's a winner. I don't think he's going to win a championship. He'll never be the best player on a championship team. Man. But, like, look, John Wall and Russell Westbrook have been going at it. A lot of comparisons. Same with John Wall and Kyrie, and like, I I got John's my my boy, so I gotta I gotta support him. But the Russell goes to get the ball. Russell's still an alpha. Russell knows that it's Harden's team. He knows what's up. But he's like, no, like you don't have it going for you. Like James, hook me up. Like let me get the next two quarters. You can take over in the fourth. And that's what you want to see with two stars, especially when the when you have guards, right? With LeBron and AD, you could feed them every possession, and but when they go out, who do you have? Exactly. No. But the but the Rockets, Rockets are dangerous. They they took that game to the Clippers. I think they're going to be in the mix. I could see, and that that's in this goes back into, I don't know how many game sevens in the rounds that Lakers or Clippers are going to have to play against them. They're going right. to have to do two back to back. They're going to be sevens. exhausted by the conference finals and the finals, but. Part of me just says Kawhi's a robot, and you. Ah. But that leg is not. That leg is sentient, and I, d- I don't know what's going to happen to that that quad injury. Have you seen him just walking around when he's his no, gait I not haven't. in basketball? It is such a dip, and his cadence is off so much, and it's been like that since he's been with the Spurs. What two years? Yeah. Were two or three years removed? Still hasn't. What were you going to say? That. LeBron took a shot at Kawhi the other night when he said, look, man, I don't know how many years I have left. I don't know how many games I have left. If some kid comes to watch me and then I'm not playing, like, what the, what's the point? Right? Taking a shot at Kawhi. But really, like, Kawhi knew what he was going to be in Toronto. He was the, the Toronto Raptors adjusted their entire organization. Center of Kawhi's center. Don't, we don't need you to play every game. We don't need you to play, like, even 90% of the games. We just need you for 60-ish games, get us into a good seed, and then take over in the playoffs. And that's what I expect to see from Kawhi again this year is that they're going to rest him. They're going to play him in games that matter. And he's going to be ready. And he is, like, eight years younger than LeBron. Yeah. He is, like, a two-times finals MVP. Like, 
I, I can't bet against him. I can bet against AD, though. I don't believe... AD's not a closer. So if Kawhi's on LeBron, right, and LeBron's shut down, quote-unquote, I, I don't believe AD's the guy. I think the Clippers are too deep. They are their team. They, they have two starters off their bench. They added yeah. two superstars to an already playoff team. Yeah. That's the, like... The only thing that I would have wanted Clippers to do more was to keep Shea. That's and I I knew to get the deal you, you just had to do keep, it. Shea is yeah Shea you had to give up Shea for yeah. that. But um, no Clippers I I agree with you. Thunder, I think Thunder don't really have any direction. No you know listen I'm just gonna be honest I'm gonna have to bring up um, I'm sorry for fantasy basketball if anyone's listening uh, I have three players that I'm very proud about. I got LeBron first round. I got Luka second round. I got Siakam third round. Wow. And a lot of people this year, I heard so much people like, oh, Luka's not going to be able to do it. Not be able to. Listen, bro. He's injured. He, I know. That rolling that ankle. Um, he'll be out for a little bit. And they still have. I don't mind Persingas. I don't mind. But that's Luka's team. They're going to be good. It depends who they match up against. They're going to be fine. They and if you watch those Lakers game, I love watching them against the Lakers. It's just the, the personnel. The Lakers look like a team. They mm-hmm. their defense is second to none. And shout out DC by the way. Everyone for years talking about Javel can do X, Y, and Z. Listen, because most teams weren't playing Javel the right way. Even with the Wizards, when I they love just... seeing Javel succeed. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing all former DC players succeed. It just happens that they all succeed when they're not here. <laughs> like. Whether it's, you start with Champ Bailey or you the, like, don't even start. No, no, dude, don't like, even. I'm it's like, it's bad. It's bad. Don't even think about that. I I view them guys almost come here like to ruin their careers. <laughs> I feel like yeah, pretty much that, or they're just taking a paycheck. Alfred yeah. Hainsworth. Um, oh, look, Adam I saw that Archuleta, face. Deion Sanders. It, it, they, I, they just go, go and the the problem is, I think DC's like, yes, we want that power. Come over here, and they're just like, oh, I'm already checked out. I'm already done, and. With D.C. or they're in D.C. and they weren't in the right systems and then they flourish somewhere else. I just want D.C. to be known as a big market team (laughs) or a big market city. It's not going to happen, but you're talking about the capital of the United States of America. Like, come on, guys. I know we're metropolitan and we're super diverse and and whatever, but let's get some fans um, in these arenas and stadiums. Listen, I think we got to do, like, the Pistons route. I, no, not Pistons. No, we're not talking about Detroit. Um, actually, Indiana. And what I mean by that is Indiana Pacers, have, I have never been to their stadium, but it always looks packed. But that's because it's tiny. And I think we actually need to stop doing huge stadiums. Look at RFK versus, like, FedEx, right? Remember when they did with FedEx and then they got more? Remember when they expanded the seating? No, they, they cut it down. So now they did. Oh, they expanded yeah, with the solar panels. They, they, yeah. What is this, right? If we had small uh, venues, smaller ones, I'm not saying crazy, but it was packed and we go crazy, RFK used to shake. And I wish I was around during when we won. I wasn't I born know. yet. But that is, they used to shake because the stadium was like that. We need things like that. And then our experience would take it to the next level. I think the field house in Indiana, I, I don't know. I feel like NBA stadium or arenas are relatively the same capacity mm. right like around eighteen thousand. problem is we're in a diverse area if you're in indiana you live in indiana you probably grew up in indiana shout out to indiana i've never really been there but like you're a diehard fan of your team and you've only got that team to support here 
you you go up uh, 95 yeah. and you get Philly and you get New York and and everybody comes down Baltimore Even everybody Baltimore, comes yeah. down yeah. and then you guys you get guys from like yeah, the, I mean, the 95 corridor is we tough. We just need to be better. Like, yeah, but is he even with that one? Be better. <laughs> and if our teams are better, I'm sure our actual fans will show up and buy the tickets before the other teams buy the tickets. Yeah, yeah. No, they, we need to stop that with the Redskins. With basketball, it's it's, it's 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 sort of respective, but respectable now, sort of. But for a long time, Wizards were worse than anything else. Nats, when they were just like plummeting for years. So I agree with you. I and, think it needs to be. That's why I don't put too much stock. I, I'm happy that the Nats and Caps won their chips, but I don't put too much stock into it because, one, nobody saw them coming. Yeah. Two, nobody expected them to repeat. Right? There's just no expectations. Like, you're, you're, we, we're like that one Philly, like, ring. It's like, oh, is this our first time? Let's make sure we grab it, and then we're good. Or Toronto, let's punt for the future, and let's just get one chip. And that's it. Yeah. And that's like that's it. And I don't want to be that. I want a dynasty. <laughs> I want Listen. Dwayne Haskins, John Wall, Bradley Beal to really just come on. Then man. we need the front office. Like that's that's the bottom line. And and that's why I love like I can say a number of awful things about Wall's game, but when I see that loyalty to DC, it's just like, do we even deserve him? <laughs> like you know. Like, what have we done? We haven't accomplished anything. He single-handedly, in the histo- history of the Wizards, him and Beal took us to a new level that we had not seen since the 70s, right? And, like, I, he is one of the best players to ever play for this franchise, statistically and heart-wise, right? And same with Beal. And, and I'll never not be happy that they're here. Of course, I have seen weaknesses in his game, and there are reasons for us losing, John Wall's a big part of it. But he's also a reason we're even in that situation in the first place. So, Agreed. Kudos to John. Agreed. Uh, one last thing. These are just like, uh, you know, just notes. Yeah. Golden State Warriors, I think one of the funniest things, um, they have a protected first now. So all the things they've been doing, they're rebuilding. They'll have clay. They'll have all that. They're going to get a really good prospect next year. The, the problem with Golden State I just don't think they should have switched to San Fran. They should have stayed in Oakland. Like that, that, that makes me mad because they did that huge stadium. They're like, we're going to keep killing that it. That messed up. And those fans are incredible. The, I didn't know it until I went there, and I'm like, oh, these people are insane. And Oakland fans are insane, insane with that team. And they'll tell you about all the years that they were bad and how long they went through there. And for them to get really good, and they're like, okay, we're going to go across the so, bay. So I heard as like a – I was having a season ticket conversation with someone, and I read about how everyone who had season tickets in Oakland for the Warriors, don't, they, didn't, they don't even guarantee you season tickets at the Chase Center. They Correct. actually remove you, and you have to be re-added to the wait list, and they resold all their season tickets, which, which now, seeing the injuries that happened, makes no sense because you wish you had some of those people still filling those seats, and now you have a brand-new multi-billion-dollar facility with no one to come and watch your team play. Yeah, it, it's it's terrible, is and they try to do so many things with that stadium and what they're going to do. It, it's it's a hot mess because not only that, like you said, the the fan base. But when you're in San Fran, I was only there for a little while. The traffic to get from Oakland to San Fran is insane. 
is insane. Really? So unless how far you, is it? Oh, ah, uh, I want to. It's less than ten. Ten it's miles. The, I oh. want. I want to check that. It's not. It's not far at all. I just remember being on the on the bridge trying to get from Oakland to go into San Fran. I was like, in what time they play? I'm like, there is no way. There's no yeah. way. Their entire fan base, unless you're living in San Fran, you're not going to do it. It's not the same kind of thing. And not only that, when you have different types of – listen, those tickets are not cheap. My friend – so my friend got to go in when they won, like, their 73 win, all that stuff, because of a trainer that he knew that got in. The tickets then were, like, 400-something like that. Now the standard – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out, and we'll put it in the show notes – the standard how much San Fran tickets, I want to say it's over like an increase of 75% per ticket. It's insane. And that, Wild. and then like being on, on the floor is just insane. So you do that. You made it a precedent because you have a new stadium. You have to make money. But now you don't have the, the, the fans that would support you. Because remember, these fans knew when they sucked and they would still support them. Now that you're in San Fran. That's your loyal, that's your loyal base. Gone. 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 And if you look They're at the leaving. energy, if you've seen Golden State, people are like, oh, it's different. And it's, look at the fans. These aren't fans that have been. Now, yeah. yeah, you have some ticket holders, and you see the ones that you've seen for years. Okay. Um, uh, who's it? Mr. Fab's there. You've got some there. there, But they're on the celebrity level that already live in the area that are there. But they're not making all the noise. You have all of the other thousands that have been there for decades, and their kids are there. Yeah. And, and that's it. So – with us, thank you, Arjun, for being here. Of course, Doc. I'm so this, glad that we got to do this. this I would good. love to keep doing this whenever yeah. you're up in New York, you know? Definitely, man. We're going to have to. always going to be new updates. Get on the road and talk about the Wizards and everything. Again, thank you so much for listening to the DC edition and Arjun for us to join us. Oh, by the way, Arjun, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at A-K-R-A-S-T-O-G-I. Uh, and then... Twitter, A-K-R-A-S-T-O-G-I-9-6. And, yeah, feel free to reach out if you got any questions or want to talk D.C. sports. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you guys next time.